Hello, hello. Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes live stream. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. Thanks for spending part of your Saturday with us. Uh, before we get started, next Saturday, May 22nd at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, our guest for the live stream will be writer-producer, showrunner, Brendan Hay, whose credits include Harvey Girls Forever, Dawn of the Croods, Robot Chicken, The Simpsons, and the upcoming Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai, and more. Uh, it's the first in what we're calling our Meet the Showrunner series, where you can, you can ask questions of a showrunner and maybe glean some info that will hopefully help you get staffed. But today... In the second of our series of Meet the Manager, designed to help you get <laughs> repped, uh, we have on the show a literary manager and producer who got his start at industry entertainment before being promoted to manager while at Caliber Media. He's also worked as a manager at Silent R and spent time at Innovative Artists prior to forming his own management production company. His clients include writers on the new Netflix film Army of the Dead, which I'm really excited about, uh, Stranger Things, John Wick 3 and 4, CW's Legacies, Bubbles, about Michael Jackson's chimpanzee, yeah. which sold for a record $20 million yeah. in a bidding order Netflix said to be directed said to be directed it's dead though oh, it's dead though oh, well. but it was going to be good yeah. we were making it we were making it it's honestly one of the saddest i mean i get it michael jackson right asshole but that's why i think you know, and i think the movie it just maybe i think it was too much at the time when all that stuff that was going on with mm-hmm. the hbo stuff but i do think it's something that maybe we can revisit cuz i think the part about the script that's so powerful to people is that it doesn't let them off the hook right right it like it can it both celebrates his life but by seeing it through Bubbles' eyes you kind of like you have this kind of I think it, I think that's why people so freaked out about it so much too because it kind of gives this nuance to it and like doesn't he's he's the villain by the end of the movie right. against Bubbles right Bubbles is like is our perspective being upset at him so I think that's why I think it's so elegant and so hopefully maybe maybe sometime people will be ready for that idea right okay. yeah I mean we'll see maybe not right now maybe not right now maybe not right now <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, Lee Stobie. For uh, Hello. welcome back. If you haven't heard Lee's previous episode, check him out scriptsandscribes.com. Uh, before we open it up to questions from the audience, I did want to ask you a few questions that I think might be cool. of interest to uh, you know a number of our viewers sure. and listeners. Um, sure. So, for those who haven't heard your previous interview, um, let's start off at the beginning. How did you end up as a lit rep? Where did you get your start? Um, well, yeah, first I just, I like, yeah, I like, I loved my old podcast and people mm-hmm. always still email me and be like, oh my God, I love your old podcast. It was so fun. So I was like, oh, I'll just do another one. Yeah. So like, I know we kind of like, we were still trying to do this a couple of times, but I was like, right. you know what? That's what we'll do the live stream too, because I love live questions. I love an audience. I think it's just like, all of a sudden I just commit to doing it. Sure. Here I am. <laughs> I'm here. I'm doing it. So, um, no, we appreciate so how it. I started. So yeah, like I think, you know, to me, I was 15, 14 or 15 years old. And I was watching Lord of the Rings in a movie theater and I was about 45 minutes in the movie and I had this profound epiphany where I'm like, I need to do this mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Like whatever this is, it's funny, I just don't know where to look, but <laughs> it's like, I don't know what this movie is that I'm experiencing around that's coming into my eyeballs, mm-hmm. but I need to do this all the time. I need to figure out everything about these things. I had such a like profound experience watching that movie and I was like, this is what I need to do. So from that moment onwards, I was like, I'm going to work in movies. And also, most importantly, I'm going to find a job where I get paid to watch movies mm. and I want to hang out with the Coen brothers. Like, that was it. Like, that was like, I was like, I want to be like, I just want to be, you know, I want to be where the people are. Right? It's like, I want to like, I want to be part of this thing. It's so cool. Right. Making movies is so awesome. Right. So I think that just like kind of set this kind of motion where it's like, really, every paper that I wrote was about movies. Mm. Every single one. From like that moment onward, everything to me was movies. Mm-hmm. Everything I consumed, everything I thought about was that. So then I went to college, came out here, had never been to LA, got a couple internships, 
And I just like started just getting into it and just reading scripts. Like, I remember like I read like, I don't know what year that would have, so it would have been 2009. So the, all the 2008 blacklist scripts, I read like all of them. Oh. So just an intern, I was just like, okay, I read all of them. I read like mm-hmm. the whole, the whole bucket of them. And I was reading every screenplay I possibly get, just like trying to like absorb, like running. And I had this one internship and it was kind of annoying, but like I did errands all over town, but you know what I actually think? It really taught me about LA in a really profound way too. Just driving stuff around LA. Right. Going to every studio, being in all these offices, seeing the whole, like just kind of really just exploring LA. So I went from there. Then yeah, I went to, and I got an assistant at that um, industry. Then I went to Caliber Media's where I got promoted and I started signing clients. Like, yeah, I never really had that say like, oh, I'm going to be a manager. Because mm-hmm. I think there's maybe there's a connotation where it's like, I just, well, when you first come out, like, what's a manager? Like, right. What is that? It's like, they work with actors or something. They're like, they like, they're like, like an agent or something. They're like, people make like, oh, so those people that make, they make fun of in the TV shows because they're like, you know, right. agents or lawyers or something. It's like, I don't, do I want to be that? Like, I don't know if that's what I want to be. I was like, I want to be a producer. Mm-hmm. But I think what I realized is that, you know, especially with lit, what I, re- what I learned really early on is these things are so connected to each other. Mm-hmm. They're so integrated with one another, right? That like me representing a writer, like I'm kind of like, and I learned this, you know, be, getting this job working for this manager, I never really kind of thought about it this way, but like, you're kind of like, this is how I become friends with the Coen brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Is that I represent them. <laughs> like I connected these things like, oh, this is how I do it. Like I could find the Coen brothers and then be their person. Mm-hmm. It helps shepherd them through the entire step of this process. And at the same time, being creatively involved in everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Not just one project, I'm involved in hundreds of projects right. across all my clients. That's just stuff that I'm working on, but they're working on stuff. It's like to have my fingers in so many different pots at the same time mm-hmm. was really profound to me. So that's why I started pursuing that. So I was at Caliber. I got promoted. That's where I signed Kate Tree Fry, who's on Stranger Things. That's where I signed Rodney Asher, who just had this movie at Sun- who just had his third movie at Sundance. I don't know, just working in Hollywood is just such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I just feel like so kind of like, you know, blessed to just kind of even be involved at all but you know but at the same time it's like i have still that 15 year old boy being like oh my god it's so fun like i love movies so much like my clients movies in a the theater and i'm like i went and saw it yesterday or on thursday i'm gonna go see it again i just hoot now like i'm so excited right <laughs> like i love it because i'm like i'm just i can't take any direct credit for it, but like he, shay's like my i'm like so proud of him right like i'm so excited for all of success and like i found him hmm. right i was judging the lmu undergraduate scripts mm-hmm. and i found one of his scripts and then look at he wrote this movie it's mm-hmm. crazy it's crazy. It's crazy. Like this, that just only happens because I found his script. It's like magic. Right. So that, to me, that's the power of being a manager. It's just like, Oh my mm. God, like I can, I make magic happen every day. Right. By just trying to make interesting things and putting people, like putting people and, you know, putting projects and scripts and writers out in the world that I are making kind of stuff that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, then it, there you go. Then it kind of ripples and how then it ripples through time and space. So I like, actually make then movies get made. Right. <laughs> Somehow. Right. <laughs> right. Every movie is like that gets made is like magical. How did this happen? Like I guess it's just a like, guy started throwing pubbles into a, rock, a pond and then all of a sudden the movie happened. It's like it's so kind of magical in that way. So does that answer your question? I don't know what the question was. How did I get in here? That, yeah, uh, yeah. No, how did you guys start? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um so what is it um what makes a, a good client? Like what attributes do they have? What do you look for? Uh, what is it uh, that makes a writer or potential client stand out? Yeah, yeah. You? Well, I think it's maybe I'll just maybe I'm answering the next question with this answer too. Yeah. But I think a lot of people ask like, "Well, how do you get a manager? What is sure. it?" It's like, I and then I was I did this I joined this clubhouse thing a couple of weeks ago and it was like they're like, "Oh, you're the new group lately. What's the answer? Like, how do you find a manager?" And the answer is, we find you. Mm. We find you. Sure. We find you. So I think that's it. Like, 
what do I'm looking for? I'm looking for, I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, but I'm looking for something that I want. Mm-hmm. Where like, I have like, oh my God, this is amazing. Right? Like, you know, like this is, oh my God, this is so cool. This gets me really excited. I want to send this to people. I want people to read this thing. This is so like cool and interesting or, you know, sure. Like also like maybe it'll sell, right? There always has to be like, at least has to be some kind of economics into the, sure. you know, into the kind of equation of it. So I have to like, you know, kind of run the numbers mm-hmm. through what it is being like, it does this, does this, our executives going to be like, yeah, this works, right? Like, are people going to respond to it in a profound way? Right. Because it's like, you know, at the same time, it's like it, the things that people respond to in a profound way is this small, right? Like, I'm really playing in the margins, right? It's like, there's so many screenplays, right? But so I have to find the best ones, right? And, you know, and that's to me, like, one of the most fun parts of my job is just reading tons of screenplays and finding stuff. Like, you know, mention Shay, like, I just found him in a mm-hmm. stack of scripts, right? Every single, you know, most of my clients, I was actually I was on a panel with another manager and she was saying that all of her are referrals. I'm like, I actually looked down at my first, my top five clients. Only one of them was a referral. The other ones I found, oh. whether it was Nichols, whether it was a screenplay contest, whether they had just graduated from college, whether like I just read their stuff, right? I was, I just was filtering through screenplays, just reading wow. as many as I can, just reading as many as I can. Then, oh, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, right? Kind of going to the buffet and trying all the mm-hmm. food. I'm like, well, I like this one. I'll take this one home with me. <laughs> right it's like i like right. this one right i like this flavor of ice cream so i'm going to pick that one right you know not worrying about um you know so yeah like so i think for me how do i find people i don't know i read query letters you know people query me all the time i signed this i signed this woman a couple weeks ago from a query letter and i'm just about to go with her script wow so that's like so just by a query letter. again like it has to be specific sure. it has to be something where i can immediately identify oh that's interesting mm-hmm. Right. I think the thing about query letters too is that it, I'm gonna steal this from this was not my quote with someone else, but like this is your first writing sample. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You're like, I'm a writer. Here's this. Then if I get if I get a query letter and it's like three different fonts and they're all different sizes right. and it's like formatted all weird, and then it's dear madam, I'm like, <laughs> you're a writer? Right. <laughs> you what do you want me to hire you for? Not right. writing, clearly. Right. Like, like maybe pick something else if that's what your email, if you can't even construct an email, mm-hmm. I don't ask what the screenplay looks like. Sure. Right? If that's how you craft an email, I know what your screenplays look like. Right. Like, w- don't waste my time. Right. So it has to have, you know, put, it has to feel like there's effort put into it. You know, most of the query letters are bad, right? Most of the screenplays are bad, but you know what? There's some of them are good. And again, like, it's like, you know, but I'm looking for the right things like contests, you know, is there uh yeah, like, you know, it has to have those markers of things that like, oh, that's interesting. But also then just a log line. The log mm-hmm. line has to be cool. Like if it has to like some impressive kind of things and then a log line, right? If we're doing a query letter. But otherwise it's like just everywhere, right? Again, a lot of referrals too, you know, but like at the same time, just finding the top tier stuff, mm-hmm. right? I'm just looking for like something that, oh, this is exciting. This gets me excited. I want to have people read this, you know, that's it. It just has to, it has to, I have to respond to it in that kind of visceral way, mm-hmm. right? Whatever I want. So what specific, you mentioned Nickel, uh, I'm mm-hmm. assuming the Blacklist, which a lot of uh, reps mm-hmm. filter through. What yeah. other sources or contests do you take seriously? What other sort of websites do you take seriously um, that you found clients cool. at? I love Nichols. Mm-hmm. I think to me, like the Nichols quarterfinalists, like those, that to me is like the best. I love the Austin Film Festival too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun, fun stuff in there too. And I love that festival too. I just think it's like such a fun like mm-hmm. writer fest like just yeah, as a film festival but just writers and it just feels like really powerful and interesting sure. just have all these writers uh-huh. right in this space it's like it's kind of like 
it's like the it's like the revenge of the nerds a little bit like we're gonna have our film festival too and right. it's still fun, right like y'all not the actors no no we're gonna have our own so it's kind of i think that's a fun festival mm -hmm. um but i don't know just kind of everything right yeah i think you know and i and i and i think this is the big thing to really realize is that like if you have an amazing screenplay like it really isn't difficult to like these things all should be easy right contests and these like if, if your screenplay is good it will do well hmm in my experience right right like there really is very few screenplays that are actually really 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 good right so if you submit to a contest sure not all contests are perfect but it should progress at least mm. again that's to me that's why i like with the quarterfinals the most nickels because i think that's i think it's only two readers have read it i think they kind of maybe get a little bit watered down once they get to like you know five seven ten readers or something like i don't know if like to me i don't know movies by committee isn't necessarily like my process of how i think about movies mm -hmm. right but uh, but again at the same time like if it's quarterfinal i rather i want the one that the person gave a 10 to gotcha because that's how you make a movie right i don't need every person to give a 10 a 10 this was my favorite screenplay i rather find the judges that was our favorite screenplay mm -hmm. right so again the quarters that means like that means that at least someone or the group of them thought it was good mm -hmm. right for it to kind of get into that next into that next sphere of of, of scripts mm -hmm. right so i think yeah, I love those. What else do I look, look at? I don't know. Just like kind of, you know, I think it's just all, just get people to read your screenplays. I get it all over the place. I get screenplays from all kinds of, every corner. Like, I mean, I've signed people from meeting them in bars. Wow. It's like, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, it's all over the place, right? It's like, I don't know, they're just writers are everywhere, right? Like, I remember, um, I don't want to tell that story, but I, I, just, like, I was like, just was like hanging out with one of my friends. Sure. And then he was like, my wife is a writer. Mm -hmm. I was like, what's your screenplay? And she pitched me the screenplay. I'm like, oh my God, that sounds great. And then she's like gone on to like, you know, write big things, right? And I was like, oh, look at that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she ended up going with another manager instead of me, but I was like, look at it. I was like, I was just hanging out at a bar. I'm like, hi. And then they're like, oh, and then like, look at now she's like a big writer. Right. So it's like, you know, so it's just like, they're everywhere, right? If you have an amazing screenplay, that's what I'm saying, like that, like I, her screenplay was good enough. I knew that it was like, I heard that. I was like, yes, that's going to work. Mm -hmm. It was instantaneous. Like, oh, that idea will work. Right. And then look at it and it, it worked out for her. So it's like, I think you have to just kind of understand, like, that's why concepts are important too. Cause it's not just like, oh, you're a good writer, but like, do you understand what is an idea that only you can write? Hmm. I think a lot of writers make, again, I'm kind of like, you know, never, never change it, but like, I think a lot of writers make this mistake of writing what they think that other people want, but really, you can't really, it's just going to feel disingenuous. To me, the best screenplays are the ones where I get a log line or I see them like, oh my God, wow, who is that person? Mm -hmm. Based upon the log line, I can tell that it's an interesting person because of how their brain works. Gotcha. Right? Something about the idea, like, wow, that person has something to say based upon just the idea itself, right? It should be that powerful, right? Like that elevator pitch, but that is important. Where it's not just about, oh, is it sellable? It's like, no, do you have a complex mind? Can you think about stories and movies in a complex way, hmm. right? Because why is someone to pay you a million dollars for a screenplay? Because you had to do a million dollars in effort to put into it, or you're worth a million dollars, or you were like something that's unlike anything else, right? That's what you have to, you have to hone that. You have to find what your like intrinsic quality hmm. is to this. Uh, how many scripts do you read a week on average? And, and how many queries do you get a week hmm. on average? Oh my God. I get a lot of queries. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably get, I mean, I'll get a, over a dozen queries a day, probably. Yeah. And, I mean, and, sometimes I'll get a lot. And on like, average, how many of those would you say? I mean, honestly, after this, you... I'll probably get a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and and after, 
And out of those, how many would you say you actually read? Right, email me. Send at me. But I think, you know, but like, I think it depends because I think a lot of it, it's like most of what I'm reading is client stuff. Right. In like a real way. Right. Sure, it's like I'm looking at other screenplays, but it's like I'm I'm not spending as much time trying to like hunt after writers as mm. I used to as my business has matured, right? That's not something that I have to like, it's my time is better spent developing the things that I'm working that I, like the clients that I have that are going to sell, like their TV shows, their specs, their Project, like focusing on those things and spending because mm. those are like actually paying my bills, right? Those are actually keeping my business going, right? Like kind of the more speculative, like newer clients. It's like, yeah, I bring in something, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I want to bring in more of those all the time, but it has to be like, I have to do the work that gets me paid first. Sure. Right? Like breaking a writer, it's like, it can take anywhere. I mean, someone like Shay, he's like 27 now. I signed him. I got 2016, I guess. So it's been five years, okay. I guess, that represented him. And like, he's very fast. To get to where he is, I've never seen anything like it. Incredibly fast, right? So that's the thing. It's like to actually have a client like mature, it, it takes years. Mm-hmm. It takes a decade, right? Like to actually become somebody that's like, okay, this is actually a machine that is like running, right? Until then, it's like, get some wind right? it's like you know it's like it's kind of like you know it takes a time to kind of build something into something right. right so what was the question how oh how many things am i reading right it's like i think it depends i mean but i'd say i mean at least this is what i'd say with especially with these screenplays and queries and contests and stuff it's like it's not that i'm reading a whole screenplay let's oh sure, sure sure let's be serious here right if i'm reading two pages of it and i don't like it what do i need like I'm done, right? right? Like I'm out, right? Like what do I, I don't need to do this, right? I can move on with my life else, right? I can move on to both my business. So it's like, you know, I'll, but I'll look at, you know, oh, dozens, mm-hmm. right? Dozens a week, right? To get right. a sense of it, like, does this work sure. for me? Does this work for me or not, right? And how many, like I, how many? I need to feel, I need to like, immediately, like, yes, this is it, right? Because right? like when I read Shay's script, which was about um, Stephen King writing and directing, directing Maxima Overgot, Overdrive, mm-hmm. <laughs> 80s like coked out of his mind like directing this movie i read the screenplay i read the first page and the first two pages is a monologue of him doing a line of coke and then pitching to his book author his book agent um thinner (laughs) and i remember reading this being like oh my god where is this writer like where is this person that wrote this insane thing? Clearly, that's not like clearly that's all fictionalized. And it's just it's for fun. But it's like I was like, oh my god, this writer is so fun. Mm-hmm. Like to even think of this, to even like think of writing this, right. right? How much like joy it had, and like how much also like how much of like an, clearly like a Stephen King fi- like fan he is and knows so much about his movies, right? And things. So I was like, this is a writer. Like it immediately was like, this is a person right. that understands movies and knows how to write a screenplay that will be compelling, right? So that's the thing. It's like, you, I'll know. Like, you know. Like, you're like, oh my God, what is this? Right? It becomes very obvious very quickly. Or it should if you're doing screenplays correctly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, I actually have more questions for you, but I'm going to start since we're starting to get questions from the okay, cool. chat. I'm going to ask you a cool. few here. Uh, let's see. Nick P um, says, Lee, do you prefer writers in certain genres? Uh, oh, are there any genres you avoid? Yeah. And is that as they don't interest you or you or aren't as marketable? Sure. That's a good question. Yeah. I think to me, absolutely. I think certain, 
I think to me, I just realized I'm best when I'm excited about the material. Mm -hmm. So I think I tend to be the kind of stuff that I enjoy where it's like, I like, this is what I would say, weirdos only. So even if I like an action movie, mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't, I don't like things that are too traditional, basic, right? Like things have to be interesting gotcha. regardless of what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also think even though, even if I have writers that do things that are more, what I don't know what the right word is, they're the why they got the job is because they're not mm. <laughs> right. They're interesting. They have things to say. They are writing. That's crazy shit, right? They're writing crazy shit. So I think whatever it is, it has to be possessed. I, I, I use this term incendiary. Mm. It has to be like a grenade is going off on my computer when I'm reading it. I'm like, Oh my God. Right. So what is that? That tends to not be like a costume drama, let's say. <laughs> right it's like i was thinking like so certain things sure i can understand why people like them but like they're not going to be for me because it needs to like explode mm -hmm. like i need to like feel the script like coming to life so it tends to be like i mean comedies ish but i would say more like action i would say like more propulsive comedy or like really irreverent comedy or like sci-fi comedy not just like pure comedy like i'm not the person like i feel like a stand-up comic like that's not like my mm, like that wouldn't be my vibe if that mm -hmm. makes sense, yeah. right? I would like something that's more like, what's a good example that I can think of? You know, again, like I mentioned the Coen brothers, like that, like that kind of vibe of a thing. Like that's the kind of comedy I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So it'd be the same with action or sci-fi or thrillers. So it, it tends to be those kind of things, more kind of like, I love Sundance movies. I love Cannes movies. You know, I love, you know, I love all those movies too, but at the same time, it's like, I also have to like, as much as I love like a really weird, interesting, like, cool drop it's like uh, it's like i have to still you know i still have to spend my time on things that i think people are actually going to get traction in hollywood mm. with right it still has to kind of i still have to balance these things a little bit right so it has to be i want weird things that i haven't seen before but i still want it to feel like there is like a propulsion towards but i want to make money in hollywood like i want to do commercial things whatever that means right as a four-letter word right like that there's i can see that there is like a desire in the voice of this writer to actually work in Hollywood at a high level, sure. right? So that tends, yeah, that tends to be thrillers, you know, comedies, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Like dramas, there are people that work in high-end dramas. It's just not my thing. Mm -hmm. That's not my thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's not my thing. Costume stuff are hard. Again, like just period stuff in general. It's like, again, doesn't matter if I like it or not. It's just difficult. Mm -hmm. If you write a period thing, write The Witch is what I would say, right? If you're going to do a period thing, write something that, again, but that's still going to be hard. Right? That's still going to be hard for people to do something like that. But write something that's going to feel, again, a proposal of incendiary. It's going to have something like, oh my God, what is that? That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Right? That's it. I, don't, I think it just has to stand out. That's it. I don't think, to be, at the same time, it's like, yeah, it just has to stand out. Right? Like, I've, I've, gone, you know, I've gotten dramas on the blacklist too that were just like, but they were like cool or they were unique or they, I'd never seen anything like that before. Right? So it's something truly unique too is really important. Right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, non non conventional, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, non conventional, but still fun. Yeah, no, yeah. Fun is a big thing for me, right? It's like if, it's, if I just can't, I just I can't, I just can't, I, I just couldn't imagine. Like you know, I'm developing a screenplay. Sometimes I've read it like a dozen times. It's like I just don't want to read a drama twenty times. Right. No, I got you. I want to. I just it doesn't it doesn't bring me joy. Right. Right. It doesn't. Right. Like not as much. Like again, not that I wouldn't, but it'd have to be I'd have to know what it is. I'd see it. I would know when I saw it. Sure. Right. What it would be. Mm -hmm. Right. 
let's see here. Um, oh, 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 one more other thing I would yeah, say. Yeah. I mean, also, as a queer person, I think queer stuff is also a big thing for me too. Sure. Like just like queer, like just queer and like the bro and like I think that stuff as a queer person, I like working on those things because also again, just they speak to my mm-hmm. like those are the things that I would tend to get more dramatic with too because I feel like I want to say things. Gotcha. Right. So I think that's also one thing I would say. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Weirdos. Yeah. Queer, weird. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> all of that. Or any combination thereof. <laughs> gotcha. Bring it to me. Uh let's see here. Um Shashwat Joshi asks, what are the things in a script that make you think the script is not good? And what do you look uh, for? Let's see, moved. Yeah. What do you look for in the starting pages of yeah. a script? Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. the number one thing that always just kills a screenplay is dialogue. Uh, it's just like, I'll be in like, what oh, way? This... No, like, if you're like, oh, this is like, oh, cool. Like, ooh, an interesting world. Or like, they set right. up the space. And then it's like, the dialogue, like you read the characters and you're just like, oof. You mean it's flat? Or... Just bad. No, yeah. it's just bad. Oh, I got you. Dumb, or it's like, it just, what am I supposed to do it? Like, you can't, like, I can't move on from that. Gotcha. Right? Like, I can, because the thing about, from my perspective, like, I can teach someone, like, structure. I could teach someone, like, even formatting, right? I could even teach someone, like, how to, like, kind of, like, bring more intensity to their descriptions mm-hmm. and stuff. But I can't teach someone how people act <laughs> and speak. Right. Exactly. Right. If your issue is that you don't know how people interact with each other. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's that's that is that is my 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 skills as a manager don't reach. Yeah, that's the limit. Right. Like, I can't edit dialogue. Right? right. Right. It's like dialogue to me is also that's the most difficult thing to write. And if you can get that correct, you you will eat out on that forever. Mm. Right. I think that's why again like. I'm not a big play person, but why do so many playwrights transition to to film is because that's what plays are, hmm. right? right? Like if you can understand how people work and how to make them talk and interact and create, you know, drama just through in human interaction, that's the bulk of what film is too. Like it doesn't matter how big and explosive or loud something is. If the people don't feel real and their emotions and their tensions are not connected to each other, it's flat. Hmm your script will be dead. It will feel dead. It'll mm-hmm. feel like it's a, like a robot rodent, right? It won't feel like there's like emotion. The emotions have to come from the character, right? The descriptions, like the characters are where the emotion of a story is coming from, right? So you have to find that. So yeah, those are the things that like formatting. I mean, if someone sends me a Word document instead of a PDF, Right, it's like that kind of like sure. It's like understanding those kind of things. That immediately is just like a no, hmm. like no, like no, right? Like I can't, I can't, I can't build someone up that much, hmm. right? Like again, like you have to kind of understand the basics of it, right? And it has to be like again, but it's also like the prose has to be good, right? If it feels clunky or it doesn't feel natural, the prose like that stuff has to feel really natural. But di- dial, I think dialogue is the one that that always kills me, right? Like I can kind of plow through kind of like pretty good descriptions but if the dialogue is like not good i just i can't i'm just like i just all right done right next right that makes sense um let's see here kapil gatwai says hi lee i wanted to ask as someone who wants to be a writer director uh, Um, and someone who wants to make independent movies uh, Mm -hmm. how would you advise me to move forward in this industry after graduation I guess okay. they're in school. I would just say make stuff. Mm-hmm. 
that's it. I, I think really, like, especially with directors, I think, I mean, I have more writers. I do have directors too, but I think that's the thing with directors is that like the number one goal, if you are, if you are a writer, you write. And if you're a director, you direct. So if you sit, you can't, at a certain point, you have to go make something. Mm-hmm. You have to be generating content, right? If you're not generating content, then I don't think that you're a director, right? Like you're only a director if you're directing things, right? So direct things all the time. Like when I meet directors, like you're a director, it's like they are doing like a music video with their friend and then they're going to do this other thing and they're going to do this other thing and then they're going to do this thing and then they're going to do some camera tests. And it's like, I'm like, oh my God, you're a director, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause they are like directing things, right? You can make a movie on your phone, right? So it's like, go make stuff is what I would say. Like, don't like find to do stuff. I think that's it. Like write screenplays and try to get your movies made. Sure. But like, just be, just be directing all the time. Just be directing things or thinking about directing or like just be kind of living and breathing that all the time. Right. And also the same time, like, again, if you're also a writer, just trying to get in wherever you can. So if you're a big, good writer, you know, like Quentin Tarantino, he sold all of his first scripts before he let, before he directed one too. Again, mm-hmm. cause he's trying to just play the game. Right? right. Don't be too precious either. Like you're just trying to get in wherever you can. So get in. Right. So if you're writing an awesome screenplay and then they want to, you want to, someone wants to buy it and then someone else wants to direct it. It's like, cool. Are you going to not let that happen? Or are you going to let that happen? Understand that you can do another one. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I think to me, it's like, I think when right, I mean, writers do this too. It's like, it's like, Oh, they're so precious about a screenplay. It's like, if you can't write another one of these, that's you have a, a short career. They, should be something you should be able to do this over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. so you can't be too precious about the you know individual um scripts right right you can't be too precious about that so i think that's what i say like but, like, but whatever it is if you want to be a director i think i think to me breaking as a director is so hard so difficult very 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 difficult because the bar is just so high Right. Think about it. It's like, think about the amount of screenplays that are written and think about the amount of screenplays that are purchased, but then think about the amount of movies that are made. Hmm. Right. And I think also, you know, at least with Hollywood, like independent movies, also like if you have the ability to make a movie independently, then go make one. Right. Or find people that want to make a movie. Find the people that are around you. Like we want to make a movie, then go make one. Mm-hmm. Right. Put it on your credit card. Right. I think that's, you know, I think it's like, you know, I think that AFI is a great film school because they just make the directors direct shorts. Like you got to do four shorts and then go do them. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, just, you got to be directing things, right? Like just go make stuff right wherever you can. Right. And not be too precious about what it is. Cause if it's bad, then don't show it to anybody. Right. <laughs> it's bad that don't show it to anybody, but you know, you learn things and you do another one. No, right? absolutely. Another one, right? Then do another one. Yeah. Well, Quentin's first film, my best friend's birthday never saw the light of day. I don't even think there he finished go. it. There you, you go. Know. There right. you go. Um, and then, uh, uh, Kapil also asked, confused about between moving to LA or New York. Is that something you advise? Uh, huh. Interesting. See, I think this, well, I think, well, obviously I think my answer might've been slightly different, hmm. you know, a year and a half ago. Sure. Oh, yeah. what it is now. <laughs> but I think, but I think fundamentally, I think the answer is it kind of depends what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to do, I mean, clearly LA versus New York, LA is definitely going to be way bigger right? New York is still very insulated. And like, in a good week, you can pretty much meet all the film producers in New York, right? It's like, there's really like, there is a lot there. 
but there really isn't that much there, mm. right? Not compared to LA. Sure. It, like LA dwarfs it by like a grand scheme, right? Like it's not even close, right? Way more people in LA. But at the same time, it's like, I guess it depends what you want to do. If you want to make interesting indie, very New York type, like A24, like drop films, well, then maybe you should go to New York, right? If you want to write on a network TV show, I definitely moved to LA, right? I kind of think it kind of depends how you want to see yourself. Again, not that you can't do those indie movies in LA too. I think it's just like what the question you actually have to ask yourself is where would you be the happiest? Hmm. Right? Because I think you have to find, I was telling this story about, um, well, I mean, because like that, you know, this vast, the Vasta Night director, like I think he lives in Austin and just lives there and makes movies there, right? So like people can move and not live in Austin and have successful careers making movies too, right? Right. Like there's a there's a bunch of directors that have been living in Austin, right? I'm blanking all their names right now, but it's like who's uh who's the guy that does all the tree shots? Dude. Oh my god, tree of life guy. Anyway, yeah, I... um, blanking out his name. Like he's he's in Austin, he's just hanging out there, mm-hmm. right? So be wherever if you can get the people to come to you too. But I think also, but if you want to make a movie, where are your friends? Right? If you're gonna make your first movie, then also it's like, well, where are your friends to help you make it, right? Like I have my one, I have another. I have a friend who's thinking about making movie either in LA or Austin, but all of her friends are in Austin, so she's gonna make it in Austin. Right. It's like, well, it makes sense because that's where her, that's where all of her contacts are. She's gonna be pull her favors. That's where she feels like she can pull the most shit and get the most help is by doing that. Well, then that makes sense, right? You kind of have to figure out what is gonna be the best path for you. Mm-hmm. How, where are you gonna be that's gonna bring you the, you know, the quickest success, right? right? So it people- also kind of depends what you want to do, right? You know. If you want to do Hollywood stuff, then definitely have to come to Hollywood. Sure, right? no, absolutely. Right? That is what it is, right? Some people now, in yeah, chat like, were saying Terrence Malick, Tree of Life. Terrence Malick, that's yeah. his name. That's, yeah, yeah, Terrence Malick. Yeah, Terrence Malick. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Ron Hatcher at, uh, says, I'm loving this. Uh, thank you. <laughs> My first question is, what's the strangest query letter you've ever received? Oh, I'm trying to figure out how far is too far. Mm. I like that question. The strangest query letter. Hmm. I mean, if it's really, really strange, I'll probably reply back, honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if it's, like, really, like, oh, my God, what is this person? I might be intrigued, honestly. Like, I've actually, like, sometimes I've been like, okay, you're such a weirdo. I have to, like, engage with this a little bit just to see what the deal is. I think, to me, the, again, the killer with query letters is I've had a few, I have a few people, and they keep, they'll send a query letter, and then they reply back seven times on top of it. Hmm. I, I saw, like, I don't know, like, I, 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 I don't, I don't like that kind of, it doesn't work for me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, right? Like, I saw it, like, send one, this is what I would say. If you are going to follow up, the follow-up should be, Haley, I just won nickels. <laughs> Did you notice? <laughs> I'd still love for you to read my screenplay. Fine then I might look at it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, give me a, don't just follow up, like, hey, did you see my query letter? It's like, I did. I deleted it. Right. right? I'm not, I don't know. Yes, I did. My email works. Mm-hmm. Right. I did receive. So I think not being annoying, just being like, hey, here's my thing. I'll look at it and I'll either be into it or not. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. And again, like something, you know, sure, sometimes I might, but like, no, like I'm going to, I know what I'm looking for. Right. And I'm not, and I'm not going to get, and I can't, and it's not the bulk of my business. And like when I get them, like I'm working right when I'm getting them. So I have to be like, no, 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 no. Like I, cause I'm replying to actual emails, right. That are giving me money. Mm, right. Yeah. Like, you know, like my, like actual clients and my actual colleagues, my, like I need to be focusing on those emails, not the career letters. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, 
But I think, yeah, like to me, like a good query letter is just like, hey, some interesting fact that would make you an interesting writer. You know, dear madam, only if it's an, an ironic way. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing it as some kind of joke or something, but otherwise, you know, Lee's fine. Right. right? You know, then what's your tea? What's your deal in the log line? Mm -hmm. That's it. Because if it's longer than that, if I get an email and it's like this long and it's like, I have 15 projects and I have this and I've been working in Hollywood for 7,000 years. And it's just like, all right, good luck. <laughs> like, I'm not going to read that. Right. <laughs> like, I'm just not. I just, nope, gone, deleted. Right. Because I just, I don't, like, I just, that's, I don't care. Right. No one, trust me, you will know what your one screenplay is that you want to pitch everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You'll know what it is. You'll know what it is. You'll know what the best one is. So pitch me that one. Pitch anyone that one, right? You're not going to have, no one's going to, if you have one amazing screenplay, you've won the game. If you have two amazing screenplays, you literally are probably rich, right? Like that's it. Like don't like, <laughs> like you're not just, what's the cool one? What's the good one, mm -hmm. right? What's the good one, right? That's it, right? What's no one has 15 amazing screenplays. Not at that point in their career, right? Not that you're, no, she's really that, you know, not that someone's sending a correlate. Right. right. Not, a, not true. Yeah, there's no way you have 15 amazing screenplays. No way. Absolutely. What's That's the protocol if somebody who queries you gets the, the, the delete, doesn't follow up or anything, how long should they wait before they query you again? Like if they have a different screenplay, well, not, not yeah, the same sure, one. Different screenplay, not the same one, because if I already saw the same one, then I don't need it. Right, but if it's a different one, like should next. they wait like six months? Should they wait two weeks? Should they wait... Um, oh, they want to pitch me another screenplay? Yeah. I mean, again, if I recognize their name, I'll be like, why didn't you pitch me this the first one? And also, again, why are you writing the screenplay so fast? They're probably not very good if you're writing them that fast. Like, I joke that my client wrote a screenplay on an airplane flight once. Right. But, like, it still took him time. Right. <laughs> right? It's like we still worked on it for weeks. Right? And again, also, like, he is very fast. Mm. Right? He's the fastest writer I've ever seen in my life. Right? So it's like, no. Right? You're not going to write an amazing screenplay in two weeks. So you think three months, six months? Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, like when you have something amazing again, sure. it should feel like this one's saying. It should feel like, oh my god, I have the screenplay. It is so amazing. Mm -hmm. It is so amazing. Oh my god, it is so amazing. I need to have everyone read this thing right now. Gotcha. And you know what? If I get that email and that's the feelings I see in it, I will request this screenplay. Right? Because I'll be like, that does sound amazing. Right? Mm -hmm. It'll be obvious. Right? It's not going to be that difficult for me to figure mm -hmm. out. Um, let's see here. Christopher Bosley says, Lee, my latest pilot scored an eight on the blacklist this week. Any tips on how to best leverage their recommended, their recommended into actual reads from managers? Mm -hmm. Or that recommends. Um, I, I can honestly, I think that's, to me, that's something to include in career letters. Hmm. I think. Actually, to me, that's a good thing. Like, hey, my strip is in the blacklist and just got like, you know, I don't know, was just listed as their top screenplays or got this high score or got this good review. And also, you know what it is? Link to the review. Because hmm. you know what I'll do? I'll, I want to check your check your facts. Right. Let me see it. Oh, right. All right, fine. I'll look at it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, no, like show, like tell me, show me the show me the receipt. Right. Mm -hmm. Show me the receipts. Gotcha. Right. Because I think that's it. Like, yeah, I think I think that's something I think that is, you know, that is a good score right mm -hmm. on the black. So you could, I think that is something you put in a query letter or this or whatever, right? Or again, or as I mentioned, like, okay, you query people before. Again, I mean, don't bother people too much, but like, I don't know, 
if someone had replied back or you sent them the stream play, hey, this just got an eight on the blacklist site, you know, did you check it out? Like that's, again, I think that's an appropriate thing to follow up with. Someone. Sure. Yeah, right. That makes sense. You sent it to someone before, like, hey, no, this cool thing just happened. Because again, what you have to just understand, like the same thing that I have to do is like, you have to create tension. You have to create, you have to read this right now. You have to read this right now. You have to read this right now, right? right? If you don't read this right now, you're gonna miss out, <laughs> right? It has to feel like that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, let's see here. Ian Martin says, hi, Lee. Just wanted to say good luck with Army of the Dead. I'm sure it'll be a huge success. Okay, that wasn't a question, but thanks, Ian. Hey, Ian. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Ron Hatcher says, what do you say to newbie writers who get real fracking anxious about letting their freak <laughs> flag fly? <laughs> Wait, what was the question? What that they, they they do want to? What do you say to newbie writers who get real fracking anxious about letting their freak flag fly? Do it, Twister. You gotta do it. That's what you have to do. That's why people are getting excited. Like, again, that's what I'm saying. It's like that is what people want. Mm. The crazier, the better. The more unique. This, this is how I think about it. You have to write a screenplay that only you can write. Only you can write that screenplay. That's the screenplay that you should write. And that's what will get people excited because they'll be like, oh my God, I've never seen that before. Mm -hmm. Never seen that before. Wow, I can't believe that that person did that thing. Like this hat, for example, this screenplay. This is Isaiah Grew Up Bubbles too. He pitched me this. He did like, he said, he did like a five minute pitch of the, of the script. And I at the end, I was like, Isaac, that was the best pitch I've ever heard in my entire life. I was like, this, like, I was like, this is, literally the coolest movie i've ever heard in my life like i was like that is the coolest pitch and he wrote the script in two weeks and things are happening with it. wow so it's like that's it it was on the blacklist i went out with that script the day before blacklist voting started and i got 16 votes because wow. everyone loves the script everyone loves it because it's amazing you know, let me tell you what this idea is script <laughs> so imagine like um a star is born Right, Bradley Cooper, who's like an older country, like he's like he had this album, but he's like kind of been around for a second, but he had this last album and people like so he but he's kind of having this resurgence. He has a new album that's due to the record label in two weeks. They're like freaking out. They're being like, You gotta give us this album. He's like, guys, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I go up to the cabin and I write the screenplay. Or I write the I write the songs in two weeks. Don't worry, I'll give you your album. They're like, All right. So he goes up to the cabin, we find out. He doesn't write these songs. Mm. He met this guy named Otis in prison, who's a heroin addict, but he's actually the genius behind the songs, right? But he's a heroin addict. Mm -hmm. The next morning, he finds him overdosed. Oh. Oh, my God. He, like, this is all the first actor. He takes the body. He, like, hides it under a bridge. He doesn't know what to do. He's, like, freaking out. He's, like, oh, my God, I don't even know how to write a song. <laughs> like, what do I do? I have no idea what to do. Like, I own this album. And all of a sudden, he's, like, in the kitchen. He's freaking out. And a possum comes out of the cabinet, bites him, starts talking to him, and says, Otis didn't write the songs. I wrote the songs. <laughs> so then the movie is a Faustian bargain between, and then it's, like, between this possum and the country singer. And also, as we realized, the possum also goes and has this a possum Jill, his wife, in there. Mm. And they have their own scheme. So it becomes this like up towards downstairs, like parasite kind of thing, where the country singer is trying is 
is trying to take advantage of the possums writing the songs, and the possums are taking taking advantage of him to write to make to, so that he they bring so he brings them food, brings mm -hmm. them roadkill from the road. So you have like this mutual thing. Oh my god, it's genius! Chaos and violence ensues. Mm. Obviously, so fun. <laughs> So that's the kind of thing. Gotcha. That's the kind of movie that I want. Like when he was pitching me this movie, I was like, <gasps> uh, uh, I was like gasping the whole fucking time. I was like, this is a movie, right? It has to feel like, oh my God, it's so fun. And I said this, we talked, we have talked to A-level actors about it. We've talked to so many people and it's fucking weird. See how weird that is? Talking possums, country music, people fucking love it. Mm -hmm. They love it. They love it, right? How fun. Right? That's the kind of stuff you need to be doing. Stuff that makes people really excited, right? Yeah, but I mean, and there's nothing like that. Yeah, but also smart. Why do I make it country yeah. music? Because I want to make money. Yeah. And country music is a great way to like include that kind of, to make it this movie where it's a horror movie. Mm. It's like a little shop of horror, but like country music feels like such a great way. Like that always does well. Like I could make it something more esoteric or like New York. No, 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 no. We're going broad with that. Say this thing where, you're kind of allowed one banana, right? Where it's like, you're either going to have like a really weird screenplay, mm -hmm. or let's say like a really weird concept, but their structure has to be clean. It has to be simple. Like you can't make it too crazy, right? So it's like, a lot of this movie has to be very kind of like, makes sense and not get too crazy. Or if it's just all crazy, people won't know what it is. You have to kind of pick what your banana is. What is your crazy thing? We picked talking possums. <laughs> So everything else is just, this is a very clean kind of like, again, you you know where this movie goes, right? It just doesn't end well for anyone <laughs> with this movie. It's like, it's like has that, it has a very clean structure, mm. right? Which makes it so compelling. So, so you, you're still surprised, but it's like, but you actually think about it, you're not going to be surprised because the movie was so, you know what, this is inevitable, right? It's, you know, it's, it's in the tradition of, yeah, like any Faustian bargain, like, you know, sleeping beauty, any of these things, right? Or we already knows what happened. You know, you know what happens when Melissa is. You know, you have you know what happens when Melissa and these people in these stories, right? It doesn't work out for them, right? Over eventually, right? Right. They have to like they have to figure it out, right? They're not the good guy, right? Our lead isn't the good guy, right? <laughs> he should just he should have just said that he was the whole time. <laughs> well, that's what he gets. So like he gets. And then this is the other part because then he's slowly turning into a possum over the course of the movie too. I missed out on that part. Okay. That's it. That's like so. That's what the movie is. Right. How fun. And you know you're so going freaky, to freaky the better, right? Talking country singing, talking possums. <laughs> Go for it. Go nuts. Um, let's see. Kapil uh, Gatwai uh, asks another question. Since you mentioned where my friends might be to help make independent stuff, due to the pandemic, I sadly lost touch with a lot of people mm. I wanted to work with. So, in terms uh -huh. of networking, especially in these times, what advice would you give me? I'm currently in film school in Florida, but it's all online at the moment. Yeah. Honestly, that's why I think actually being in LA is mm. going to be really fun here pretty soon. Because one thing when they opened up, like, I mean, I went to a bar last night because bars were open now in LA, mm -hmm. which is insane. And you could just tell everyone was talking to everyone. Everyone is ready to meet everybody. Right. People are excited, right? So I think it's like networking. I think networking is going to be the like least difficult thing ever in LA for the next year. Everyone is going to want to talk to everyone. Everyone has been sitting in their houses, not interacting with people. So people want to go out and interact. They want to go get drinks. They mm -hmm. want to like, again, once it's safe, right? Again, like sure. it's like opening up, right? But again, but it's like, it seems like it's happening. You know, we're getting close. June 15th, LA's open, right? Completely open. So it's like, Florida's already open, 
mm-hmm. right? For the most part. So it's like, I think that that, I, I think just getting getting out there, I think a little bit. Like going to this is like, you know, like Sundance, I think Sundance this year is gonna be, I mean, I think once, one, Sundance to me is the best place for it to network. I've met so many people and had so much success going to Sundance. So it's so sad this year to not go because it's just like, ugh, that's like, that's where I go see everybody. Even though everyone's in LA, it's so funny. No one goes to Sundance to see everybody. Because mm. you're all in the same place like, at the same just time. On the street. Yeah. Like, it's just like everyone's hanging out. It's like actually very small. So I think it's to me, it's like, again, not, not, you know, even if you're a writer, going to Sundance can be really helpful because you know what? There's just celebrities on every corner. Mm-hmm. There are people everywhere, right? There's everyone is a producer. Everyone is an actor. Everyone's an influencer. Everyone there is like, sure, there are also people that want to party or whatever, but like a lot of people like there are just going to be people that want to make stuff. So just finding whether it's Sundance or this, go it, just go, go, right? Even in Florida, like there has to be like, I don't know, there has to be something, right? If there's a film festival or there's something, like there has to be some way to kind of network or get mm-hmm. back into that groove, right? But at least my advice would be like, I just gotta like go. And like, you know, cause I think again, like even the Zoom, like I like hid my camera so I don't look as I, I never adjusted to Zoom. I never got used to it. I never figured it out. <laughs> Like I never like, so I think that's, people are going to be ready to go hang out in person here soon. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's fine. Um, let's see again, here. Like, like, also, you know, like, I don't like just emailing people too. It's like, I think, you know, I think also at the same time though, I think there is still an opportunity to reach out to people and be like, Hey, will you do a zoom? Sure. Like, I think that I actually think now would probably be the time to do that. But in three months, people are gonna be like, no way. Absolutely not. I'm not doing Zooms anymore. I'm not going to meet people. You know, again, it kind of depends, I guess, what it is. Maybe some people, I I won't be as interested. Gotcha. Some people, I mean, I think for some executives that have to have like 15 minutes, they have like 25, 15 minute meetings a day. Sure. But also it's like, that's not my life. And also like, I don't think that, I don't even know how that's helpful. Honestly, but some people want to run their lives that way. That's fine. That's their deal. I don't get it. Like, I, I just, I think, you know, it's, you know, I actually think that's, counterintuitive at a certain point right having a bunch of short meetings it's like i'd rather have a real substance and conversation with mm-hmm. someone about something i actually care about right not something you know but i don't know if that answered the question uh networking uh just put yourself out there yeah. <laughs> go meet people yeah go meet people yeah. find them right you know they're out there right um here's one from reddit that someone had had left um from <laughs> hi i'm dave one asked uh, about some manager's habits of sort of claiming to love a script, setting a uh, meeting with the writer to ostensibly discuss representation and then uh, ghosting. You know, ghosting mm-hmm. isn't something that's obviously new within the industry, and it's certainly not yeah. uncommon. Obviously, the further you get along in terms of that representation track from you know, yeah, yeah. query to reading to signing and all that kind of stuff is less likely to happen. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I know of, of writers, clients that are being ghosted by their own reps. So can you talk a little it bit about happens. why that happens? It happens. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a bandwidth thing, really. Mm-hmm. It's really just a bandwidth thing where it's like, again, I would say I have unfortunately, you know, done this a couple of times. And really what, what it comes down to is, oh yeah, I really love that. Oh, that was interesting. Let's schedule something, but then I have to move it. Then I have to move it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, uh, uh, I've just, I've just moved. Like, I just, I don't know. I've moved on. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just hard to go the moment passed, right? Or like I was like hemming and hawing or I didn't really know or wasn't really that, like I was like kind of interested in it, but I was like, 
and we all talk to them or like maybe I had maybe I had my assistant read it too and they didn't really like it so then I'm like eh, then okay like you know I can get taught so I think that happens hmm. or at least that's from my experience again I try not to do that because I get that that's upsetting but at the same time it's like a lot of it's also just like, if you think about it if someone sends me a query letter I kind of feel like I try to get back to people but it's like I can't I don't know it's not like I can't really be worried about it too much right like if I request someone's screenplay, then yes, I try to get, I absolutely try to get back to them, mm -hmm. right? Like if I'm like actively like, you know, this year, like the Nichols people, like I emailed a bunch of people, but I, every single, you know, I, at least I thought, I hope so I did, that I, you know, I emailed all of them back, like, hey, I read it, you know, gave them a little note, you know, thank you for sharing, right? Like gave them, I tried to like clear the doc, right? Because I was asking, but if some of you are just, someone's like unsoliciting, you give, give me stuff, mm -hmm. I'm, at least my perspective, maybe this is wrong, but my perspective is, is that I'm just, you, you, you have, I feel like you should just be thankful that I could even look at it, hmm. right? It's like, cause it's like, this is so speculative to me, right? 99% of query letters are going to be bad. They're going to be bad screenplays or stuff, not even bad, just stuff that I can't do anything with or that I don't care or just not going to be good enough. Because again, I'm looking for the 1% of screenplays. I'm looking for the 0.01% of screenplays. Right. So it's like, where is that going to be? Who knows? But like query letters, most likely not there. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, I like looking at them because I have found them and then it's exciting. Right. It's always like, it's like, oh my God, it's like finding gold in a river. Right. You're like, oh my God, look at this. Holy shit. This was in here. Right. That's exciting to find that, but it's still very difficult to find it. And it's just, you know, it's just, no, I don't, I think any manager that kind of go, it's just like, it's not, it's not meant with ill intent. It's just also, it's just, it's difficult to break up with people mm. sometimes. Sure. Right? Those I've had this happen too, where I will be like, Hey, I don't think this is working out. And then the writer like talks me out of it. Mm. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> It's like, but why, what do you mean? Like I, but I want to stop. So then it becomes this like weird thing where it's like, how do we end this? Right. And cause I get it, I get it. It's tough, right. To like loot, like to like, it's tough. I understand. Right. I sympathize with a certain point. It's like, I have to stop around my business. Right. And I can't, I have to keep moving forward. Right. I have to keep moving forward. Right. So. Gotcha. It's, I try not to ghost people. I try, but right. it happens. <laughs> it happens sometimes because sometimes people are just annoying. No, I got you. I got you. I ain't just like, eh, I don't want to do it. Well, right, like I know? said, it's, you know, just having been in the business as well a long time, it's not uncommon. So, you know. Oh, again, like you just forget. It's like, yeah. I don't, like, I just forget. Like, oh shit, I was supposed to read that. Right. Oh my God. Oh God. I was supposed to reset that meeting. Oh my God. Reading, reading, reset. Then it's six months later. It's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Right. Right. Like, am I going to set it now? It's like, well, I guess not. Cause like, right. right. Like, sorry. Like, I hope that they found something else because it's like, is what it is. Right. right? Um, here's a few questions we got from David Wales, one of our stalwart SNS mods. Um, cool. He asked, uh, he said, lead judges for different competitions. Does he approach each competition with a mandate from them, e.g., uh, we want something commercial or we want the strongest voice, or do you just reward scripts that he would see as good in any setting? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they don't really have like little like cards or whatever right. i know i just like follow that for the most part mm -hmm. but i think but again like but regardless of what the card is or whatever i'm also just like i just judge it based upon what i think like if it's like so even these cards where it's like 
oh, was was the stress? I was like, oh my god, I'll just like do it all. Like, I'm not gonna like, I, I can't. <laughs> right? It's like it's like it's like I was like, no, I, I either liked it or I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like it's either a five or it's a one or a three. Right? And it's like it's like that. It's one of those. Right? It's like so. I think I try to just be Did I like it? Did mm-hmm. I respond to it? Did I think that they were being interesting? Did I think that they were like bringing something like unique? Do they have a good voice? Do they have, you know, that's the least thing I'm judging on. Or again, like think some of these questions tend to be really dumb. They'll ask like, I mean, I hate, like, was it like, yeah, I hate the commercial. I think it was like, oh, is it commercial or is it viable? Or is it it's like, I think those, I think those questions are weird mm-hmm. because I think it's not the right thing. I think it's complicated, right? Because you have to, when you're judging a contest, at least for me, right? Mm-hmm. If it's like, I want, I'll give the top score to the one that I just thought was the best one, right? But like, does that mean that I want to sign the writer? Mm, not necessarily. Right. Not necessarily. Again, like, I'm like, oh, this is really great. This is interesting. But, oh my God, the dialogue is so beautiful and it's formatted so well and all the descriptions are great, but it's just like, not my thing. Yeah, and I'll give that one the highest score. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that, like, do I think it's viable? Like, to me, it's like, well, that's not, it might be viable for someone else, right? I don't want to judge someone else's viability of a screenplay, right? Because I have passed on screenplays that have sold for $500,000. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think it was good. <laughs> so I, <laughs> but again, so like, but again, the same time, like, it's not that I would have, rec- I wouldn't, I still would have recognized, or like, at least it's not that it was good, that I didn't find it compelling. Sure. It wasn't compelling for me. But the same thing I could look at it and be like, oh, I get that it's like correct, right? Like it still passes, like it's still like, you know, an eight or whatever. It still like passes the, the bar mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, oh, this is still good, right? It's still good, right? But it doesn't mean it's just might not attend to me is, oh my God, I want to see this movie, right? Oh my God, I need to see this movie, right? That's it. So I'll just, I save that for like that one, right? Where it's like, oh my God, it is like, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I try to be, you know, I try to just be fair, I mm-hmm. guess. Look at the, you know, just look at the thing and see if it works. You gotcha. Um, David also asked... Like, you know what I do? It's like, I can judge a screenplay, but then I'm like, the, the one like, you know, but you know, it's funny. I've actually given scores to higher scores, but then signed someone that I gave a lower score to. Again, just because Uh-oh. I'm like, well, well, this is interesting. Yeah. Right? Again, like, I can understand that this is like better, mm-hmm. but just like, not for me. This is interesting, but I can see maybe it needs a little bit of work. Great, but that means it's good. I'll, exactly. I'm get, I'll gonna get, I'll get out of the hood. Let's go, right? Let's go, like, cause this is what I, I mean. This is my speed, right? Sure, yeah. Um, David also asked if Lee's approached with an exciting script. What are the factors that get him to get to the next step in the process? Does he have a money source that thinks he thinks will love it, or does he know a director who does that kind of script, etc.? Like, what's the process? Like, okay, I love something. Then what do I do? Is that the question? Uh, I mean, I think what are the factors that get you to get to the next step in the process? So, well, yeah, I think a lot of it, it's like, I think that's what like, a lot of my business is like, well, about focusing on, you know, I have one, I, it's not that I do television, but I do focus on features, mm-hmm. right? I do focus on features more than television. I don't do staffing, really. Like I just, a lot of managers do staffing and that's their big business. And I love mm-hmm. that. And like, that's great. You know, but like at the same time, like writers that like, I want to go get staffed on a show. Not that I like can't do that or haven't gotten people staffed. I'm sorry. I, play, I feel like I've actually over my clients staffed on shows than the agents have for the most part. But anyway, it's like, 
it's it's that to me like getting staffed is like that's a bizarre process mm-hmm. to me right it's just like every single time it's happened it's been like what like it's always like the most surprising thing to me every single time it happens because i was just like how did that work like what was just that was magic right like selling a feature to me is actually again for me easier because if i understand because i because i'm focusing on it i have connections in all the places that do features and i feel like i have a pretty good sense of what the places that are doing features want or at the very least what do the writers look like that they're looking for right so i can kind of be very narrow and focused on that right by focusing on like the group of people that like okay these are these are the agents these are the executives these are the producers these are the studios that i'm going to focus on right and then again but like by talking all the time then I'm, yeah, I'm trying to find content for them right i'm constantly bringing them content right i'm constantly trying to find things for them right because that's how i'm going to pay my bills is i'm trying to, i'm servicing them right by bringing them things that i think they're going to like right mm-hmm. So the thing is like, so when I, when I love something, sure, like that's the problem. Like I will love things, but it's like, this is just gonna be so difficult and I can't send this to anyone, sorry, dude. Right, I still have to be focused on what can I bring people, right? So I think, yes, it has to be commercially viable, whatever that means. Or something like Possum Song, it has to be like, did I, did I, like, I just have to like think that people will think it's genius and then they do, right? Like that's it. Like I just have to like, I have to like feel that there's some part of it. At the same time, I do think it's a commercial movie, actually. I think it's a very commercial movie. Mm. It's a Fly Meets a Star is Born. Very commercial. Both those movies are successful. Right? Like I could, like Little Shop World, successful movie. So even though it's weird, I have to see the path, like know that this movie could be successful. Like mm-hmm. what is and successful meaning that people want to see it. Right. I don't have any interest in making a movie that people don't want to see. Right? Like that's the point of making a movie is that you you want to show it to people. Right. You want here, I want people to see these ideas. So like, I think I'm always like, I'm all about like including interesting queer ideas and like complex characters or outside the box ideas or all this like talking possums, whatever it is. But I have to put it in a package that people will find immediately intoxicating. Ooh, yes. It is, this is the kind of movie that we want, but unlike we've ever seen before, right? Just twisted a little bit. Twisted enough so that, but it still slide, it still fits into the system, right? The system still enjoys it. It still wants to try to make it, right? But what does that look like? I don't know, just genius. Like fun and genius. Like it just has, or again, or, or it has to be like, oh my God, no one's seen like this idea. Like, you know, no one, I haven't seen someone approach this kind of commercial idea with this angle on it, mm. right? I feel like I spend a lot of time like, okay, Netflix says they want to do, you know, 15 to $100 million, like action comedies. They want to do romantic comedies. They want to do like sexy thrillers. It's like, okay, well then I try to find those things. I'm just listening to them. They tell me what they want, but at the same time, like this has to be my version of those things, right? It has to be like, okay, but how, how do I, or how do I find something and bend it into it, right? Like, I'm, like I had this one writer that I just signed and she has this idea, which is really good, but she just approached it very indie. But I was like, no, no, I love this idea. Let's make it a quiet place. <laughs> right like let's let's blow this all up let's blow it up let's make it big right let's take your idea and blow it up and make it bigger and then i can go sell it to netflix mm. right but this one is too small right but the idea is great the idea is great and your character stuff is really great which is honestly the hardest part coming up with good ideas and dealing with emotions are like that's if they're if your characters work and your concept is good good I, we can turn the volume up on everything else we can add more set pieces we can like you know make the stakes higher we can like again like that's something like like develop that's one like that's one like, like dialogue i can't do it's like i can make a movie louder 
right? I know how to take a screenplay and make beats of it louder, right? No, do this then instead of this. Have this person do this thing instead of this other thing, right? Instead of this being this kind of like the, you know, I think a lot of the thing too, it's like, it's surprising. To make a movie bigger, you have to have the characters make decisions, hmm. right? A small movie is that the movie itself is kind of dictating the ride, which makes it feel, which it makes it actually feel like it goes slower. If characters are fucking with each other and like going back and forth and like messing each other's up, that's actually way more dynamic within the context of a bigger thing too. So mm-hmm. like that's also how you make a movie bigger is like make more tension, higher stakes, more emotions, right? Make everything feel more palpable and real, right? Like more urgent, right? That's how you make something bigger and more viable, right? So it's like, so you can have a small idea, but something's only a small idea because you've written it that way. Right. You could take a small idea and make it big, right? The difference between a small idea and a big is just the approach. Not, it's not necessarily con- concept-based, mm-hmm. right? Right, like Superbad could be Clerks, right? What's the difference between Clerks and Superbad? It's like one's a commercial movie that's like big and loud and like has like a fart jokes. And one of them is more like black and white. And it's like, but it's just, but like they have like, I mean, I don't know they're different kind of movie, but like, I think they understand that. Like there's just, yeah. you have to find, what are you, what's your approach? What are you trying to do? What's the goal of the movie? Right? What's the goal that you're trying to achieve? If you want to make a hundred million dollars at the box office, yeah, well then column A then is what you want to be doing. And you want to be loud and you want to have jokes and you want to feel like it's, you know, broad, mm. I guess. Like, you know, like that it feels it has a mass appeal, right? That there's like a loudness to the concept. There's like a, like there's like, you know, uh, it demands attention that you see a trailer for it. You're like, oh my God, that looks cool. I need to go see that in a theater. Cause that looks big and loud and cool, right? Like, right. like, you, like yeah, that's just like turning the volume up on the thing, right? I don't remember what the question was, but that was, I think I answered it. I think, yeah, yeah just like make it like, if you want to make something commercial, then make it commercial, right? right? Push it that way, right? It, this is the thing, it's a screenplay. It can be whatever you want. You can write it however you want to write it, right? Um, the last part of David's question is, where does Lee Field projects tend to fall apart and why? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. I mean, like in, in terms of like the, the like the script, like the story itself or like- It sounds project. like projects that are moving forward with the studio network kind yeah. of thing and then they fall apart when you're at the three yard line or something? Honestly, why things fall apart? Mm-hmm. People stop caring. The number one reason why a project will fall apart is, ugh, like I'm just dealing with this on something right now. It's like the executive leaves the company. Mm. You're like, oh no. Cause then all of a sudden then you're dealing with another person. They didn't bring this project in. Right. It's not their baby. They like, like it, but they're like servicing it, right? So then you're like, so then it, what happens? It just starts dying mm-hmm. because no one's keeping, no one's watering it, right? No one's right. watering it, right? So then that's the thing that, to me, that's the thing that kills movies is somewhere along the line, there was a great deal of care and then the care diminished and then it died, right? It's like, you, it, it, it's momentum, right? Movie gets, a movie gets made because you're able to push, like you're able to kind of like, it's a miracle that any movie gets made. And a movie gets made because there is momentum behind it. There is a force pushing on it, right? Whether it's like because there's like a big person involved, whether there's a big actor or a big director and that's pushing it forward or it's like there's excitement with the script. Like what if it has to be something that's getting people excited that they want to go through the process of making a movie, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Making a movie is an insane process that's exhausting and it's like crazy to make a movie. So you have to kind of like, everyone has to kind of like be willing to go through that process to make a movie right so why are they gonna do that because they care a deep 
they care about it deeply. Yeah. Right. So that's that. why at like, so like that's why it's most important. Like you have to care about your screenplays too. Because why are screenplays nice? Because the writer stops caring about it as well. Mm. Right. It's, it's all it all feeds into itself, right? That's it. Like it, you, everyone has to care. So they, they fall apart because people stop caring, right? But also again, the writer can even stop caring mm-hmm. about it, right? Uh, let's see. Um, Kapil has another question. Um, from a manager perspective, do you think someone who wants to be an independent filmmaker should actively seek representation or should they wait uh, to maybe get into Hollywood first? I don't mean, I don't know if they mean like yeah. logistically like move here or to get another yeah. job in the well, industry. But I, No, but I, but I think, again, I think, I, you know, I think this is like, you know, I, I kind of answered this earlier, which is uh-huh. like, if you want to, a manager will find you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? A manager will find you, right? If you are brilliant, even if you're a director, you know, my experience when people are like, I'm trying to, I need a manager. It's like, it's almost like I really need a manager. It's like, I, I'm always like, do you? <laughs> because if you're saying you need one, why aren't people calling you? Why aren't people proposing? Why you like, there's a million managers. No one, your stuff's viewable and, Yep. Well, no one it's again, not that maybe the right person hasn't seen it, but it's also, maybe it means that you haven't done something that makes a manager want to sign you yet mm. either. Right. Take the hint a little bit. Right. Oh my God. No, no manager wants to sign me. It must be their problem. It's like, maybe it's their problem, but maybe it's your problem. Maybe you haven't done something to impress them enough yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, try again, do another one, keep going. Right. Cause in my experience, people that have brilliant shorts get signed by fancy people mm-hmm. instantaneously instantaneously you're really short you get signed how do you get signed because it played any festival anywhere that people can see things right it's not hard right it happens very quickly right you do an awesome short it gets into the midnight section at south by you'll get a rep if it's, if it's awesome mm-hmm. period the end right like just make something awesome then get it to somewhere where people can see it and then they'll they'll come to you right my, in my experience they'll come to you now that you can't, again, now that you can't do correlators in this, but at the same time, you have to be, have to understand kind of like what, what position are you in and what do you actually have? It's like, no, people only really want something that they think they can do something with. So if there's not, if you're not, if nothing is going on, I mean, especially as, I mean, directors are very difficult in that way too, because it's like, for a director, it's like, what are we going to do here? How can we do something? Right. So having an amazing short, that's amazing. That's good. But then like, but do you have a screenplay? Do you have follow-ups? Do you have other shorts? Do you have TV ideas? Do you, like, it has to be part of that whole process, right? So if you don't have that whole stuff, then you don't need a manager because at the same time, I think a lot of people have this idea, like, again, I don't know what this is like, bad that I'm saying this, but like, you don't, you can sell shit without having reps at all. <laughs> happens all the time, right? In my experience, when do agents sign people? When someone sold something. Sure. So why would someone just have agents? Oh my God, did they sell something themselves? They sold something themselves. Mm-hmm. They sold something themselves. They emailed something to an executive. The executive bought it. Again, like that happens. That happens. Right? You are able to sell your own things, right? You don't need agents and managers to do that. You can actually just get, send your scripts out and someone could want to buy it, right? That happens all the time too. So again, that's what I'm saying. But if it's amazing, if you have an amazing screenplay, people will want to do something with mm-hmm. it. If you are an amazing director, people will want to find you. They will like just then get people to watch your stuff. Just get your stuff into festivals, get it out there, put it on Vimeo, give the staff picks, get all, you know, just get it out there, right? 
there's tons of there's just there's so many directors and there's so much stuff so you have to like it just has to be amazing and if it's amazing people will find you right people will find you Mm -hmm. right they will find you right um ron hatcher says in july of 2020 i had my first of two uh zoom meetings with senior vp at a major entertainment company i've had Uh stage fright ever since Uh, what is the shelf life of a professional relationship (laughs) in hollywood uh, I mean, I think the thing with generals is that, I mean, I haven't had, this is the thing about generals. Generals are interesting in, I think generals are only really interesting in two ways. One, if you're a brand new writer mm-hmm. that has an amazing screenplay, right? So you are trying to meet everyone because out of a hundred, I mean, oh my God, if I have a big script, I mean, some like Shay, oh my God, how many meetings he's had? A thousand mm-hmm. general meetings? Like, I'm not even exaggerating. He's had two or three general meetings for the past five years, right? Like every week. So it's like, yeah, so many meetings. But sometimes how many jobs have come from those direct meetings? A lot, but at the same time, but not when he was first starting, mm. right? The first starting was, you need to know me. And then we had to keep building. But again, like those relationships were good because then people come back. Sure. Right? But not because necessarily they enjoy that meeting, but because now he's become bigger, right? So now when he has a general meeting, every single thing they bring up to him is viable because they're actually going to hire him to do it because he is a writer that you hire, right? Sure. He's written, oh my God, he's 27 years old and he's written like seven produced films, right? It's like, exactly. So what people are bringing him, it's like, so I think if you're doing general meetings, it's like one general meeting, it's like you can't put too much stock in any one general meeting, right? Can't, like I was like, just as you know, got, got these producers brought this thing to him and it came about because I had set him up with a big writer eight years ago, Wow, eight years ago, eight years ago. And then this writer had this thing and I was like, Oh, what about him for it? Eight years, eight years between that meeting and now maybe a job, but mm. you know, so, but maybe a job, mm. right? So I think the shelf life is, I don't think that's how you should think about it. <laughs> Right. I think you should be thinking, how do you get, how do you get them to help you? Hmm. Right. Okay. You have these, these executives attention. Well, what did they say that they wanted? And then figure out how to give that to them, right? Sell your own screenplay, get them to buy your thing, write something for them, mm-hmm. right? You can write a spec that you think that they will like. So then they will then help you get a manager. Cause you know, how, how do you find a manager executives? If an executive likes a screenplay and they send it to an agent or manager, that's why people like that again, I mentioned the other manager, like she's like all of her clients. Like, yeah, that's the number one way most people get their cl- get mm-hmm. their clients is that their friends send them the screenplays. And how do they get their screenplay? The writers were friends with that executive, or they were friends of a friend, or it just again, the, the scripts just travel, right? They'll go viral if it's good, it'll go viral and will reach into the cracks, right? It'll it'll seep into the system, right? If it's able to, right? This, you know, this agent was just telling me this story about how he just sold the script to Universal. And I was like, how do you find it? I was like, oh, an executive sent it to me. There you go. Boom. Somehow the writer was friends with this executive, got the writer. I don't think that executive is not even doing it, right? So they were just thought the script was cool and then sent it along because they thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. That's it. And they thought that this agent could be able to sell it. And he did. <laughs> right? That's it. <laughs> Easy. Right. Right? Like, not more complicated than that. Right? Like, how simple? I can clearly, that's, you know, that's, that's a clearly like an exception, not a rule, but like, that's actually 
but that's actually how it works. Mm -hmm. So a general meeting can be everything or, or most likely is nothing. It's as much because all just random and this and every like jobs and everything. It's all the lottery, really. It's all time and place. And do you have the right thing? Are you exactly what they want at the moment? And also the most important thing is that people want to hire their friends. So things about these general meetings is like, your number one goal, I think number one goal in general meetings is you want to be making the person your friend. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like to me, a good general meeting with a client is they don't even talk about screenplays at all. They talk about like, I don't know, baseball or something. Like find something to bond over, right? That's it. And then the business will kind of like, will trickle down from that, right? But there has to, it has to come from a mutual understanding of like life, right? Right. And the kind of movies and art and stuff you want to make, right? And what the, and, the, and that, you are able to complement that your job will complement that executive's job, right? Which is making movies for their bosses, right? Right. Like the personal taste of executives isn't necessarily what the job is for them. I mean, I mean, hopefully it is. In the most cases it is, but there's a lot of people that, you know, you're just trying to get through this thing, right? Everyone's trying to get to the position where then they get to decide what movies are made, right? right? Until you get there, you kind of you work for some people, maybe you don't let you make exactly what you want to make, right? So servicing people, helping, helping executives get through their day by bringing them things that are make them go good to their bosses and make their bosses money. And there you go. Then they love you and they'll keep hiring you to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. That's it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Shashwak Joshi actually put a log line here. I don't know if you want to hear it or if they should just email it to you. Do you want to do a, a, a log line review here or do you want to should I just email you? What do you think? Should uh, I? I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I can, uh, I, I sure. All right. So, Joshua, we're going to read your logline. We're going to give you a, a logline review here just to see. <laughs> okay, um, let's, go. let's go. Let's see. The logline is a scientist who sold lethal weapons, which rose a dictator to power, must erase his own existence in the past and hence rise of dictator before his love is killed by the dictator. Mm. I'm not sure I understand. I got it. I got it. I think, okay. but I think. So again, but you know, but I think your reaction is actually quick. So that's my kind of reaction too. I think it's interesting, but it just feels when I talk about the bananas, yeah. I've heard three bananas on that log line. I was like, wait, we have nuclear war, right. dictators, sure. time travel. Right. That's just like, again, I get that it seems loud, but I guess mm -hmm. the other question I would have is that it also doesn't seem that my, again, I don't know if, is this supposed to be dramatic or is it fun? Right. I think the log line, I'm not getting that this is, the only way that this to me would work is if it's a comedy, mm. essentially. Like because of how like in like how loud like how intense that is. Right. Because like time travel is very difficult, and like those other elements like nuclear words, like they're almost they feel a little bit too. It's still like a little bit too simple for me. So it's like I'm kind of looking for like what is the if like oh and it's like an absurd kind of Jumanji comedy where it's like it's imagine Will Ferrell and the like then maybe hmm. like I have to know what like what is the what is the pitch of the story that makes it feel different to me at least that's for me with that idea with that log line gotcha. that's my but okay. I think it's like yeah almost like too many kind of things right so it's kind of like I'm struggling kind of where it is and it's like but if it's not and if it's not fun if that's like if that's too dramatic or serious but it's time travel. So you're like, a, like it has to, then it has to be really fun then. Sure. Like, and then it's like, and then it has to be a romp. And that log line, I didn't get romp. No. I got like, ooh, like kind of like, ooh, nuclear war. Mm. Like that doesn't seem that fun to me. Right. It sounds so, sort of Terminator-ish. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like Terminator, great, but like Terminator exists. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right? It's like that already exists. So like that's like how. So I think you know. So if your movie has more elements that are more unique or more fun or whatever, then I would include that. Right. In the highlight line. those. Yeah. And highlight that because I think this thing's like, oh, it's like Terminator with time travel, but you're the but instead of the Terminator coming back, they're going back. Okay. Yeah. That it. Right. Like what else? I would need like what else? What else is about it as unique about that to make it stand out? Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kapil also asks, um, what do you think about filmmakers like Charlie Kaufman or Noah Baumbach and how their style fits in the quote system of Hollywood? Yeah, I think because they do because they're brilliant. Mm. Like Charlie Kaufman. He's a genius. Every single one of his movies have gotten made by like Hollywood directors in Hollywood with Hollywood actors. Right. Why? Because they're genius. Yeah. Hollywood loves that. They love it. Also, they were successful and they made money. And like, yeah. So like, why would Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood has no, I think there's this perception. Mm -hmm. Like you have to think about it like, uh, it's like a grocery store, right? It's like not, you can't judge everything accordingly. It's not like, oh my God. So Hollywood makes soap operas and like, stupid action movies so they don't like charlie kaufman no 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 they make people love soap operas so they make soap operas for the people that love soap operas some people love big action movies so they make big action movies and other people love weird indie comedies so they make those too <laughs> right they there's there hollywood isn't like oh we're not going to make these things no they'll make they want to make things for everybody right Clearly, they want to make movies that appeal to everyone mm-hmm. where like a big movie that appeals to everyone is like you know that's like the the whale, right, that they're searching, right? Especially that something can be cheap, but also make a lot of money. That's even better. But it's not like, again, I'm going to guess that Charlie, again, just what I'm saying, I I don't actually think it was probably that hard for him. I'm sure he struggled a little bit, but once the door opened, it flung open. Flung open. They were like, get in here, dude. <laughs> right? They, I'm. He was welcomed with open arms, right? was invited in and like, cause they made his movies. Like you don't get, you don't get like five movies made if they aren't like into your shit, right? They were into him, right? Well, he has they such a unique him. point of they view. They loved though. it, right? They loved his voice. They loved his screenplays. Mm-hmm. Actors love it. Directors loved it. You know, I think someone like, so like, I think Charlie, that's Charlie really Kaufman. I think that, you know, him being a director, I think is realize I think him being a director is way more difficult than him being a writer, mm. right? And now he's doing more like weirder things. So again, like, like also like, I think it's the thing too. Eternal Sunshine, very commercial movie, honestly. Like when you actually look at it, it's a very clean commercial movie. It has a very like distinctive, like it's not, it's not like it's something where it's like, it's a romantic comedy with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet in it. And like, sure, there's like some mind bending stuff, but it's emotional and it has some twists and turns and it's like very concise and complete, right? It's not like it's like, it's structurally very, very sound. Like it's very like, very accessible actually it's fun it's a very accessible movie actually right his more newest stuff obviously a little bit more esoteric and less accessible but mm-hmm. whatever that's he's probably company for he wants right if you want to do if you want to do something that was accessible he would mm-hmm. clearly it's not what's interesting <laughs> clearly he's just like i'm doing this and you're like all right do whatever you want like he can clearly do whatever he wants right yeah literally but also the thing is but that's why it's like but that's okay but also is that the goal mm-hmm. right he reached a place in his career where he can direct a weird movie for Netflix for like $15 million or however the budget of that movie was. Of course he can. Why? Because he's Charlie Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think like someone like Noah Baba, it's like, but how do you start? He had to start by making movies that people just wanted to make because I thought they were fun. Right. 
They just thought they were fun movies, right? You know, they're like, oh, these are so fun. Let's make these. And then they did, right? So I think to me, it's like, again, I think the answer with both those is that they were both brilliant. So they got their stuff made, mm -hmm. right? They wrote brilliant screenplays that people loved, actors loved, you know, and then, then they were able to, there you go. That's it. It's that simple. To me, it's like, that's it. Like, just be brilliant. And then, then we'll just figure itself out. It won't be a problem. Right. And yes, yeah, so it'll be brilliant, whatever. But that's yeah, that's it. Just actually, but that's it. Like really, that is it. <laughs> write something brilliant and then write another one, right? Right. And then you get to be Charlie Kaufman. Right. Absolutely. And then like you get be to... Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman isn't poor. Let's say like don't worry, he's fine. Right. He's just fine. Right. He's just fine. So like it's not like oh like it's not there's not money. It's like no, there's money everywhere. That's what I'm saying. What I said it earlier. It's like just write something that only you can write. It doesn't matter how weird it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter how because you know what if you love it and it's unlike anything else in it, but at the same time, it's emotional and people will cry or it's fun or it's thrilling or whatever. In any capacity, pick one of those things, mm -hmm. right? But it feels still personal and emotional to you and distinct in a way that only you can do. People will love it. Yeah. People will love it. People will love it. Not a worry. Absolutely. If you can execute that on a, if you can execute that on a high end, people will love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Every single day of the week. Every single day of the week. Doesn't matter how weird it is. Let's hear. Mark Slam says, "Could characters you characters emotional? <laughs> just make, you know, just lock it in, right? Just make it amazing, right?" Yeah, that's the key, right? Yeah. Um, Mark Slam says, "Could you spare a word of encouragement or two for an aspiring, very nervous writer, director, actor with zero connections and less resources about to start pre-production on his first real short oh, film?" Oh, congrats! Oh, congrats! How yeah. exciting! That's brave. Um, but necessary. make sure you eat. Mm. Make sure you eat when you're on set because it's easy to forget not to eat. That's true. Uh, make sure you drink some water. Um, eat up, love every second of it. How blessed do you get to make a movie? Amazing. Right. Right. If it ever feels overwhelming or distract or nervous, but it's like realize how you're the boss and how fun this is. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's that when people respond to that. Right. I think I've been on sets and when the director's having fun, everyone has fun. If the director is mean or upset or nervous or doesn't know what they want, then no fun. So just, just in, understand how fun it is, right? It's just gonna be intense, but like, it'll be fun. You're making some art. You're making a short, like, again, also, because if you're not having fun doing it, why do it? Mm -hmm. Why do it? Don't do it then. <laughs> don't, if it's not gonna, if you can't make it fun for yourself, don't do it. Make it fun. Make sure that you're having fun while you're doing it. Yeah. No, that's that's, good what, that's yeah. what I would encourage you to do. Like, if you're not having fun, do it. Look around and understand how you could make it fun for yourself and others around you. And then all of a sudden, it'll be a way better experience. And all of that will go away. Right? right. That's what I would say. Just constantly, like, how can you make sure that we're all, like, that people are working and they're getting their jobs done and you're getting what you need, but that it has to be done with love mm -hmm. and compassion and, like, you know, that's it. Right. Um, that's what I would do. But yeah, but also have fun. Absolutely. I, how, how lucky do you get to do it for? I love it. So. Um, I, I promise to have you to take up about 90 minutes of your time. We're close. But I do. Yeah. there's one more question here that I wanted to run by you. Ron Hatcher says, what if we legitimately don't know, quote, what only we can write? Mm. Um, I'm as green uh, a writer as all get out. Sure. How can somebody find what that is that they... I think by probably... I think just... You know, I think I think the part of this, and again, I'm, this is, I'm not throwing shade at this specific person, but I think part of it is, you know, I think a lot of writers, it's like, you know what, if you don't know what to write, you don't know what it is, maybe you need to go experience something, hmm. right? 
like you know like you know like authors do this it's like okay i'm gonna go write this thing i'm like well then go there find if you're like just find something you're intrigued by or that you ha have a knowledge of and then explore it in some way find it right you have to kind of like you have to find it somewhere mm -hmm. right what is like you know like for example like when i'm thinking about movies like when i'm developing a movie i'll go back and watch all the movies that i can think of like like that movie right so if you have some just yeah but it seems like everyone has something that's distinctive everyone has some weird uncle everyone has some friend everyone has gone to something that was like really weird like everyone has something that could be the kernel of something that you can grow into something big in my experience right what is it it's hard to say but like everyone can have some kind of element in their life that makes them stand out or again also even perspective you know also it doesn't have to be like personal either it's just like i've never like also understanding what you're good at too right what is the kind of writer that you are right and then asking yourself okay i'm really really good i'm really funny and i write really funny stuff okay well what's a comedy what's a version of a movie done as a comedy Take a movie that already exists and then make it in your voice, right? Mm. Even if it's counterintuitive. Take a drama. Take a. Th I mean, that's what people a lot of. Like, that's what people do all the time in in Hollywood, right? They'll just say like, "Oh, we're going to do the comedy version of this," right? That's what that happens all the time. Like, just take take a version of something and then just flip it, and now you've made it its own thing. Now you've made something completely unique by taking something that was something else, taking a story. Here's the thing about stories. There's really not that many different stories, right? There's only so many different stories we tell. So a lot of it's about approach too. How are you approaching this in a way that someone else isn't approaching it as well, right? Just because that you write in this voice. So what is your voice and what kind of stuff do you write the best that you can then take something else that's would on its face, maybe not be what you think it would be, mm -hmm. but by making it a comedy or making, making a comedy into a drop, like just mix and match, like try to think about stories in more, in a more abstract way, right? Don't think about like, oh, this kind of story could only be this thing. No, literally, I think Stanley Kubrick said, if anything can be imagined, it can be filmed. Hmm. Anything. If anything can be imagined, it can be filmed. If you can imagine something in your mind, it could be a movie. So what is that? What is the thing that you're like, this is something that I've never seen. But also like, but I have an interest in it. Right. And you have like a, you know, like you have a, not even just a knowledge, but like you have like a, you are going to, you're going to go spend the time, you're going to go spend six months researching this whole thing because you love that subject or you are fascinated by it. And you're going to go into the bowels of like some library and dig out a bunch of stuff and find a bunch of research and then make this epic thing about this time or place that never been told before, but you're interested in because you're going to go find that information. Exactly right. Right. I mean, like there was like a lot of, you know, a lot of people were doing biopics and stuff. Like, I don't know. I think the biopics have like kind of, I think we've done every biopic. I think every biopic has been on the blacklist at this point. I don't even know what's left, but it's like, you know, but that's why those tend to work hmm. because someone was just fascinated by a subject, right? They were fascinated by a celebrity or an event or a person. And then they did all the research and they put them in a screenplay. Like, oh my God, look at you did the work for them. You did the work for Hollywood by giving them something that they wanted to do, but they just didn't take the time to go do the research, hmm. right? So it's the same idea. Like, how can you go find some piece of research that's going, or some element of something that you're going to spend the time doing, right? That no one else has done. Again, but why it's going to be good is because you have a genuine love and interest and care towards it, mm -hmm. right? But stories are everywhere, right? I feel like when I go through my day, I'm like, oh my god, this could be a movie, this could be a movie, because like just when you interact with people, like, oh my god, that's so fun. Like, you, but how? And then how do you put it into one of those buckets? Like, how do you make it a comedy? How do you make an action movie? How do you make it a whatever? Right? Think about things as a setup. Like, what's 
what's a good setup of something? Oh my God, that that anecdote when I was 12, that happened to me. Oh my God, that would be a really funny setup for a action movie. Like, cause what if this happened? What if after that happened, this other thing happened? Right. Oh wow. Oh wow. Right, like then it becomes something distinctive because you've taken some kind of personal anecdote and then you've turned it into an action movie mm -hmm. because you also love action movies. Great, right? But that can be something small, right? But that's what it will feel palpable because if you write it in your voice, in your intention, and you have knowledge and love of it, that will come across on the page all 100%, 100% of the time. Right. Right. So that's what I mean by personal, just like that you have a know, like you have a knowledge and interest and care and love for it, right? That'll come across. Mm -hmm. It'll always come across, right? You can't fake that. You can't fake like care, right? You can't fake it, right? Yeah. It has to come from a genuine place and it will, and it will show up on the page if mm -hmm. you care. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, thank you for coming on today, Lee, and, cool. and, and talking and answering questions. Wonderful. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, you can follow Lee on Twitter. It's at Lee Stoby. That's S T O B B Y. Um, mm -hmm. And thank you all for joining us today. Hopefully, we'll see you next Saturday for our first Meet the Showrunner episode with Harvey Girls Forever showrunner Brendan Hay. Um, thank you again, Lee. Um, cool. Thanks. Stick around. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great having you. Um, and uh, we will see you all next weekend, next Saturday.